You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today... It's Monday, April 29th. It's 2019. It's episode 361. We've come full circle, Jason. We're on our way back around a second time, 360 degrees of BTG. And now we're basically starting over from the beginning all over again. Yeah. You know, yeah. full circle. Once again, not only did the student become the master, the master became the student and they're back in the positions again where they started, where the master who became the student is back to being the master. The student was the master, back to the student now. Again, 360 degree rotation. Everything comes back on itself. It's an Ouroboros, man, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. This podcast is an Ouroboros. We have no end. Eating itself. We are it's great. We are like we are like the Mobius strip in a sense, right? We are we are a three dimensional object that has but one dimension and it never ends it continues mobius it continues strip? Yeah, mobius strip i thought a mobius strip was what they checked like blood stuff with i don't know that's that's like a, that's just a test strip <laughs> oh by the way neil's here hi neil yeah, hi neil <laughs> hey how's it going you're gonna have to do that whole spiel again in in five episodes you need to run 365 episodes one episode for every day of the year in fact we are now yeah. you can call us a year-round podcast that's gonna be my angle <laughs> In four more episodes. So Thanks for the heads up on that. Do you want to spend the next year listening to episodes? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, hi. How's it going? Hey. Good. Good. Yeah. It's good to have you here, Neil. It is. Though I feel like I talk yeah. to you every day now, so. <laughs> every well, Like we talked this morning, so kind of. I officially talk to you more than I talk to Rob, so there's that. <laughs> there's That's something. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, boy, a lot's happened in the last couple of weeks since we last got together to record. Yeah. Um, I think most importantly is the Game of Thrones is back. Um, yeah, which, it is. It's been going well. We're not going to talk about spoilers. Neil, are no. you a, a, a game fan? Well, the those families that are fighting about that that stuff with those weird relationships and all the violence. Yeah. You're into family violence? I mean, like, isn't everyone with Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of other weird stuff, too. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a solid show. But and dragons and, it, yeah. My mom was like, should I watch that show? And I was like, I mean, you can. I would watch it by yourself because if anyone else is there, you're just going to be embarrassed. Yeah. So <laughs> certainly don't watch it with me. Yeah. Like, but no, uh, right. <laughs> you want to watch it. I said, it's good. So there's a lot of violence and there is a lot of um a know, lot of naked people. Kit Harrington was in an interview. He said that his mom doesn't watch the show. Uh-huh. He said she was watching it uh, in the first season. And then in one episode, somebody gets their arm ripped off and dies. And she said, I can't watch this anymore. I'm sorry. I know it's your show. I can't watch it. <laughs> Fast forward two seasons. She says, I'm going to give it another try. The next episode she tried to watch was John and uh, in the cave uh, with, with the wildlings with yeah. Egret. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, his mom nope. said, uh, yeah. I'm just, "I can't, I just can't yeah. do it." <laughs> so yeah, 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 I have to say, listening to the listening to the episode where you guys talked about the show, I think is the first time where I've heard someone uh, articulate the show as if it's about something. So that's bonus points to you guys. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> thank you. 
you're like, there's character development. And like, I think that's literally the first time I've ever heard someone say that there's character development in that show. So, oh, there totally is, though. Come on. It gets it. me a little, but there's no one, I, I don't know anyone that's ever talked about it, though. So, you guys are the. There's, there's a lot of character development, and this season is is no exception to really coming around to that. Yeah, you know. But but your point then is that people typically talk about the spectacle of it and don't talk about the characters. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's or just don't talk about it. I mean, that's right. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, there is that. Um, I think the single speaking of summaries, the single yeah. best summary of that entire series that I've ever heard is uh-huh. uh, one guy is attempting to prepare for a zombie invasion. Yeah. while everyone else is arguing about a chair. <laughs> yeah that, yeah like that's like picture that you know in modern day like that's what game of thrones sure is. if you want to be yeah or, yeah, yeah i guess i so. mean like yeah be reductive yeah, about yeah, it but that's yeah, fine that's yeah, part of the fun so, right yeah, yeah right it's it's like that classic uh there was that uh writer who who wrote the brief descriptions for movies that you would see like in the tv guide yeah um and uh the one for wizard of oz is like legendary it's uh it's I'm paraphrasing, but uh, a girl comes to a magical new land, kills the first person she meets, and then yeah. aims to kill again. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like wow, yeah, that's good, but but actually accurate. So yeah, it does sound right. There was some contest I heard one time where people were trying to like it was I think maybe it was on Facebook or something. People were trying to post like describe a movie to me, uh-huh. like really what the movie's about but make it so that I'll have no idea what it's actually sure, in. Sure. And it was, it was really good. Yeah. 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 So the other, the other big news, and this is actually much bigger uh, news than game of Thrones uh, to be, to be honest. Um, and this is something that, that blew my mind. And I think is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, and it's one of those, another one of those moments where I, I realized like, Holy crap, guys, we live in the future, and it's amazing. I literally have no idea what you're going to say. It was here. the picture of the black hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. It's unbelievable. What an unbelievable thing. That is so, so cool. Freaking awesome, yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of days... You have to after- understand why they, how they took it. Like, it's even more awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Which, I mean, I can't even begin to repeat that stuff, right? Because I read, I read an article about that, and I was like, my mind is blown, and I only understood about a quarter of what I just what? read, but it was still amazing. She a did a... Of- she did a TED talk that's awesome where she kind of goes over like it's three years ago where she goes over what they're, what they're trying to do. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. 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 And it's what they did. That's kind of awesome. Something. I'm not sure. Bomb. No, I don't, I don't remember. Show notes. What'd you say? Show notes. Show, show notes. Sorry. We don't do show notes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, but no, she is, uh, is a super smart doctor who did that stuff. So that's yeah, pretty it's awesome. Cool. I also, I think the day after that, I, I read uh, an article that said that um, scientists have, have done the math and they're pretty sure we could travel through wormholes. It's just a bad idea because it would take longer than going through regular space. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, but isn't that cool? I think it would take more. That's like every shortcut your dad ever took you on when you were going somewhere, <laughs> though, right? <laughs> I think it would take more energy than is in our entire galaxy as well. Yeah, well, something like that. It, it's probably to keep it open, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, the fact that they're like, yeah, I guess we actually could do this. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love science. Welcome to Science Corner. Hon. Here's what yeah. we will not be talking about at all today. What's that, Rob? We will not be talking about this one topic for the next two to three weeks, for sure. This one topic? Yes. 
It's the other big news. It's what I actually thought you were going to talk about. The other big news is is the Avengers. Yes. Oh, we yeah. will not be saying anything no. about that, right? Because neither of us have seen it, of yes. course, yet. But even if I had, I would say nothing. Yeah. Because spoilers are not cool. By the time we sit down together to record again, we will probably have both seen it by then. Yeah. I hope. I'm gonna. I'm planning on going to see it like Tuesday morning. Yeah, so. I'm not gonna see it opening weekend, but probably right. the week yeah. after sometime. Yeah. 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 Neil, what about you? You gonna see Avengers? I'll see it eventually. We we saw Shazam this last weekend. Oh, how was that? Was that? Oh, it was awesome. And he like and then Adam Brody shows up at the end and and that's always a good time. Who's Adam Brody? Uh he's the the uh weird best friend from the OC. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, I know he's look him up. You'd he's he's a guy you'd recognize. Okay. He's fun. <laughs> I I've seen I've seen characters from the OC. I just don't know which one he is. I can guess. Okay. So isn't it? Wasn't that an? And I, lo- I love I love Zachary Levi as well. I think. When did Zachary, Zachary Levi, awesome, by so. the way, become that guy? Because like he was like the guy from Chuck. He was like, I'm this nerdy guy, and now he's like, look at me. Because he was in um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel as well, and he yeah. he was clearly working out for Shazam when he <laughs> did that. Yeah. Isn't the OC that MTV reality show? No. I hope not. I think that's the hills. Oh, the hills. Yeah, the OC was like nine hundred two and zero. Okay, for for people younger than us. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not that much younger than you guys. <laughs> at heart, though, you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, at heart, yes. You're a lot more <laughs> hip than we do. You're a lot more with it than than we are. I'm right on the top of millennial. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. Hey. So thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Appreciate you being here. Of course. So yeah. uh, probably they can guess why Neil's here. I think so. Because I've been saying that I've been working on a game and I even slipped up last week or the week before and said the name of the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so a couple things here that uh, I was keeping to talk about towards this goal. Uh, last week, last week now, I put out a blog, um, which I will put in the show notes just so that you know what the heck I'm talking about. If you're not friends with me on Facebook or Twitter or follow me on Twitter, um, uh, talking about the fact that uh, I ha- I suffer from OCD, anxiety, depression, and I've never talked about that. I've known for probably 28 years, and I've never said anything to, to less than 20 people knew. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so there's that. Um, so Rob knew. Neil knew. Neil knew because I told Neil because of the game. Uh, but anyway, so it's just something that I haven't talked about a lot, but I want to be more proactive and willing to put it out there. Um, and uh, this game was a big part of that. Uh, that Neil and I worked on. So the kind of the idea for the game uh, that I had m- a long time ago, gosh, probably a year ago now, was um, to make a game that kind of simulated the feeling of OCD, like trying to perform a simple task and struggling with it um, because of these inane rules you have to follow. And uh, yeah, so I started working on that. I really liked what I had, but it wasn't it wasn't good. Like, I mean, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it, it needed a lot of work, a lot of development. And Neil played it and was like, this is really fun. Here's how you fix all the problems that it has. So I was like, oh, it's got these problems. He's like, no, do all these things. And then he kept saying that. You're kind of things. you're kind of avoiding the main topic, right? Like you were trying to do something that was approximating what you were trying to get at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Without yeah, yes, correct. Um so uh so anyways, um Neil just kept saying, do this to it, do this to it. And I finally said, Can can we just co-design this? And he was like, Yeah, sure, let's start meeting and co-designing it. Um, and that was how we started doing co-design stuff. And we're I think we're working on three other games right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're trying to limit ourselves. but like an opportunity popped up to work on something. So we're working on that. And uh, anyways, 
But uh, so we will get back to the game. Uh, Neil is actually going to pitch it for us. I just kind of gave you the setup and then he's going to pitch it uh, because frankly, he's better at explaining stuff than I am anyways. Uh, and he's a guest, so he might as well pitch it. But so anyways, um, yeah, we'll get to that. But first, Neil has brought a topic for us that I do believe is in line with this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it kind of actually starts with um, me coming uh, to visit you right before uh, Grand Con and kind of ends with why I asked uh, to do the weekly meeting. Uh, so that's kind of, it's going to kind of be filling, filling like a huge gap in terms of the timeline. Uh, and I mean, the topic I want to talk about is emotional health uh, and just, uh, I, I kind of see people uh, failing to notice when they're not emotionally healthy. Uh, and I, I certainly <laughs> had a bunch of different times where I didn't. Uh, and I, I've kind of learned a bunch over the last year, uh, kind of starting with that, the drive that I made to uh, Grand Con. And I think, you know, a good seven hour drive is is a good way to, to clear the head, I think, uh, for anyone. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Or eight hours, depending on your time zone. <laughs> So like leading leading up to that, I'd had kind of a a bunch of really bad experiences. Um, just, uh, I mean, a bunch of little things uh, followed by uh, I got my house painted, and they did a really bad job uh, when they were painting the house. Uh, and then we had some family medical things that were happening like during that whole time, uh, and kind of after they wrapped up painting the house, like the the guy that did the sales. Uh, that he sold us on on their services. Basically, as I came from, came up to the house and was like, "Can I get a check?" Um, and I didn't hear from the the main owner of the company for weeks after. Uh, and during those weeks, I basically uh, created an elaborate revenge scheme in my head for kind of how I was going to destroy the company. Uh, kind that's, of sounds healthy. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I did for about. This, this topic weeks. is birth it's, of a supervillain. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it seems healthy at the time, right? Like I was like, "This is how I'm working through my problems." Um, and he ended up eventually calling me, but I was I was just very uh, upset. And it wasn't it wasn't just from this. There was like a lot of other little things that people had been that that experiences that I had that have really uh, kind of gotten me uh, in a bad place. Uh, and like as I was driving up to Grand Con, uh, there's. Uh, I listen to a podcast on uh, it's it's about investing, um, but it's also about like investing in yourself. I guess he has a good way to explain it, but it's called "Invest Like the Best." Uh, and then he had uh, this guest on named Kay He, who did uh, a podcast called Rad Awakenings, basically about people that uh, have had big uh, life slash work transitions. Uh, he was a like a pretty successful stock trader uh, and kind of burned out and decided to travel the world for three months or something like that and just completely quit his job. So he, he talks to a lot of people in similar situations. And then uh, he had this guest on named uh, Shirzad Shamin, who has a book called Positive Intelligence. And he was on, uh, and he kind of just explained his take on negative self-talk. Uh, and it, and it kind of really resonated with me, and I kind of realized that I was doing a lot of the things that he was saying are problematic, <laughs> uh, and that was uh, you know I went through that whole book, and I've I've kind of done a bunch of other I've read a lot of other stuff since then, and worked on a lot of things since then, but 
I kind of really suddenly realized that I was in a really bad place, like right right before visiting Jason. And, and when I got there, I'm pretty sure I told him all about it. Yeah, you did. You did. I don't know if you remember so, that. <laughs> and that was, that was cool because, yeah. Yeah. That's what friends are for. I feel like what? Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that uh, I, I kind of, one of the things that I, I think is worth sharing from it is that uh, in the book, one of the things he said is that, um, and I'm, I'm going to be reading a little bit from the book, but he said, uh, all your distress is self-generated. Uh, like all your distress, uh, all the unpleasant stuff that makes up your suffering, uh, you generally generate. Um, that kind of the idea being that, um, and there's some exceptions to that, which I'll get to in just a second. Um, but the idea being that if you are, if you're suffering, if you're uh, feeling distress, like that's not normal. Uh, in in general, that's not how you should be feeling. Um, and that if you are, you need to work on it in some way, right? Like, it, I'm not saying that you're going to be able to fix it. Uh, but if you are, are constantly having a, a sense of dread, a sense of, of distress, that uh, it's something that is not normal. Like, uh, that's where you're, you're, you're just unhealthy, right? Like, I like, I like the term mental health for it because it's the same as, you know, physical health, right? Like if you're, if you're in a bad place, it's just that you're unhealthy. Um, and he kind of like the, the exceptions I was talking about is that he, uh, he basically says that grief doesn't count, right? Like if you're grieving, if you've lost something, that is normal. It's normal to have grief. It's normal to feel bad when you're grieving things. Uh, and then the second thing he says is that it's perfectly fine to feel bad about stuff, but like just, uh, having it affect you for days is where uh, that's where you really need to say like, well, what's wrong with me? Uh, how do I how do I fix this? So yeah, just I don't know what you guys uh, kind of just are thinking about uh, that bit of it. Well, I know for myself, you know, um, talking about trying to do something about it. Um, you know, when I was feeling really bad about all the stuff, I went and talked to someone about it. But then in addition to that, I started working on the game idea, right? Because I thought, yeah. like, there's this huge misconception out here, which is why I don't want to talk about it. So let's make a game that can help people, you know, approximate what it feels like and, and get it. And then, you know, um, and that makes it easier to talk about. It makes it a more interesting conversation um, than it would otherwise. So, because um, I can feel like I'm trying to do something to make it better, right? Yeah, and that's like that's where I guess the, the second part of it comes in, which is like you work to identify what the problem was, right? Um, I think like for me, uh, I really like um, I like really like personality type stuff. Um, one of one of the things that I got into is uh, I realized uh, kind of I've I had kind of a bit of depression after we had our uh, our first kid, and basically I was working all day coming home, making supper, uh, and my wife uh, took a little while to recover. Uh, so I was kind of full court press, working all day, working all night, uh, and uh, just just not doing well. Uh, and I, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't handle that very well. And, and my wife basically was just like, hey, what's wrong? <laughs> uh, and she helped me figure out that I wasn't doing very well. I, I had no idea. Um, but one of the things I learned from the personality type stuff is that, um, I have really big need for, uh, feeling in control. And so now it's, it's really helpful when I'm, when I'm feeling off or whatever, I can kind of look and say like, what, is, what is it about my life that I don't feel in control over? Uh, and how do I, how do I deal with that? Who do I talk to? What can I do to, to, to stop feeling that way? And that's been super helpful. 
I, so, so what I hear from, from that kind of um, to to try and I don't I'm, I'm trying to put it into to terms that mm-hmm. um, that I'm th- kind of familiar with or ways that I'm familiar with thinking and and hopefully maybe words that that some some listeners might uh, be familiar with in a sense is, is I, I hear that as self awareness um, yeah. to 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 be able to to um, when when you're feeling some ways to, to try and try and make yourself or get yourself to stop for, for a moment and, and, and stop kind of, kind of uh, being in that and try and take a moment to, to step outside of yourself and look at, look at who you are and, and, and look at why you might be feeling that way and trying to do, try to do that um, critical analysis that, that sort of maybe, maybe metacognition is, is the way to identify that. Think about, think about your thoughts, right? Think about, what what are you thinking or what are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? Why are you thinking that way? What is the source of this? Um, and 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 I I know that that that's something that I try to do for myself when I when I'm feeling angry or frustrated or 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 upset and 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 if I feel like that lingers for a long time, I always have to stop and I, I try to remind myself to stop and say, dude, dude, wait a minute, wait, you know. One of the things I like to say to people is, "Hey, if you wake up in the morning meeting an asshole, you met an asshole. But but if <laughs> if you if you bump into a dozen assholes over the course of the entire day, maybe you're the asshole, right? And that's yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it's it's that it's that reminder to say, you know, don't don't just look for exterior sources for all of your problems. Stop and and think about what what of that could be coming from inside you. And 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 I think that's a a, a really really important. Uh, first step in in addressing those problems, and that's not a solution by any stretch. But it's I, in in my experience anyway. It's it's an, it's a really really important first step to to look at your own at your own self and say how much of this am I responsible for? Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think the second thing, is- the second thing is to always um, get a different perspective. I mean, I th- obviously counselors and, and therapists are good ideas. Um, and I know Jason and I have have talked about, you know, he's been working on, on coaching. And I think that sometimes that's uh, a good entrance in it as well. Um, but whether it's like a person or like whether it's a professional or a friend or like for me, I really uh, like books and uh, and blogs and, and, and that kind of stuff about it really resonate with me. Uh, and that's the approach I like to take. I still think you need like that other perspective, like the other um, – kind of jumping the other talk about the personality types right jumping back to my like revenge uh fantasy that i was having uh at, at, <laughs> that 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 kind of really bothered me even as i was uh kind of trying to work things out uh and i read this one personality types book and it was like your person your personality type is obsessed with revenge and i was like oh like that that makes me feel better <laughs> right like that <laughs> i'm just wired to be like, revengeful yeah, like just that it's common. Like there are people that like me that um, that it's it's some and it explained like why why do I like revenge right and it's that um, I I'm kind of obsessed with standing up for the little guy and and shaking my fist at authority and stuff like that. So revenge is something that comes natural to me. And knowing that like knowing the healthy side of it makes me a lot more comfortable with the unhealthy side of it. Well, and I think that um, you know revenge sometimes gets a bad rap because. When you say revenge, right, it sounds like scheming, like I will burn down your house, right? Um, yeah. But when you think about it as wanting some justice, that's okay. Like that, you know, uh, but I think it's a fine line. And I know I've been in that space before where I'm like, I want these people to 
to, you know, I hate to say pay for what they did, but like, I want them to, you know, like I want them to understand and have repercussions for their negative actions. Right. And I think that that is, that's important. I don't think we have enough of that. I think we have a lot of misplaced repercussions for negative actions in the world, but I don't think we have enough of actual like, Hey, you screwed up and got away with this. Maybe you should have something, you know, have, have something to help you realize because, um, in self-awareness too. Yeah. That's, Like when I started doing the coaching thing, that was the biggest thing I worked on because if you don't understand you, you don't stand a chance of understanding other people, first of all, right? Understanding you helps you understand others, um, especially because it helps you spot when somebody is very unself-aware. Like, because I mean, I know Rob and I have worked with people like that or just known people like that where, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm I'm really self-aware because of this, this and this. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're totally the opposite of that. You just think you're that way. Um, So yeah. And that's kind of like, that's, I think there's two different types of self-aware, right? Like, I think there is, like, I'm in touch with myself, and then there is, like, I know myself. Or, like, there's there's a detached sense of knowing yourself. Like, I know my archetype, I think, is a different different thing than I know myself. Right. Uh, and I think it's kind of important to have both. Right. I know what I tend to be like, you know, when I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that- I know what it looks like to be unhealthy. I know what it looks like to be healthy. I know, you know, I know... I know the 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 patterns in which I fall into, I think, is, is a healthy thing to understand. Right. And I think to tie this a bit into into the game design world, you've got, um, you know, game design can be a very you know insular thing, right? I mean, yeah, the goal is to get out there and play games with people. But I mean, a lot of it is you sitting around by yourself, coming up with ideas at your computer or wherever you like to work, you know, and writing stuff yeah. down. And, and when you don't have anyone to share that with, it can be really tough because you can start to do one of two things. You can get too down on yourself and say, oh, this idea is terrible. Or you can say, oh, this idea is the best, right? And then it's, and then it's terrible. Um, and, you know, really helping you temper expectations is important, right? Um, so that's where I know you and I have found the co-design has been very helpful um, because we're able to have good affirmation and good, hey, let's not, no, let's not do that. That's bad. <laughs> And that kind of ties in with kind of what I've, you know, the the question I posed about, um, you know, kind of being judgmental in, in the previous episode. And I think that's uh, kind of the, the main theory of that, the book, uh, Positive Intelligence, I told you about is that we spend too much time judging things. Like we spend too much time saying, this is good, this is bad. Like, I know that this is never going to work out. Or, or you're saying, like, I'm sure that this is going to work out. Like, just... Uh, assigning categories to a bunch of stuff that we don't understand uh, it, it is a big part of that. And I think that you're talking about working in isolation. I think that's where you start judging your own ideas, right? You say like, this idea is bad, like, or I'm, I'm dumb or whatever, but you don't know what is what that spark is going to turn into. You don't know right. what someone's going to say when you present it to them, right? Like uh, it, it's, you, you can't say that some thought you have is, is good or bad. Uh, it, it can turn into something that you didn't uh, imagine at all. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's where like the, I thought you guys did a good job with that discussion, but one of the things you guys didn't uh, talk about is what happens when you judge something and you're wrong. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Like I think a lot of people, when they think of the, of judgment, they think of uh, clear discernment, which I don't think that we are right. very, are very good at. <laughs> no, no, that's, you know, one of the things you were talking about was, Basically, why crap on something if you don't need to, right? Like, in I knew you probably put it more eloquently than that, but for the builders out there, why crap on something yeah. if you don't need yeah. to? And don't we crap see on that stuff. like a lot. You know, I saw somebody posted a game design thing recently and they said, Hey, I'm doing this idea. I'm really stoked about it. 
And 15 people replied back and said, that idea is stupid. And they yeah. said, someone's already ask. done that. Or yeah, I yeah. didn't ask. And, um, um, <laughs> you know, like, so in somebody, one of the people in particular was arguing a lot like, oh, this is, this is bad. You shouldn't do this. And it's like, but we didn't ask you. I presented this as yeah. a, Hey, I like this because of this. Not even like, like, uh, I saw another game designer actually, uh, post something that said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Could I get some feedback? And then people gave critical mm-hmm. feedback. And the one person was like, who am I giving you too harsh feedback? And, and the original poster said, no, I asked for feedback. Like, it's not like I just said, here's this thing I'm really excited about. And then you're like, actually, that thing sucks. Right. So, and we see. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the so key, right? Like say, putting something in a category, uh, I think is different than giving feedback. Uh, like saying something is good, saying something is bad, saying something is this type of game or already has been done this way. I think that's where you're starting to get into uh, like just categorizing stuff. Like uh, that's what I think is it can be very bad is just. Right, right. Uh, I'm putting it in this box, right? Yeah, no, no. Putting things in boxes other than games is bad. So. <laughs> and that's so that's that kind of gets us to where um, one of the reasons that I started one of the reasons that I recommended that we start having a weekly meeting is literally I was I got really into this um, personality type stuff um, and ju- just understanding that like one of my core personality types is like championing things like trying to drive things forward I'm like oh like uh, that's who I am I'm a person that helps push things forward I'm gonna Talk to Jason. I'm going to be like, let's just have a weekly meeting. Let's make sure that this gets driven forward every single week. Yep. Taskmaster is another word, but you know. A a taskmaster. (laughs) A a, a champion is the right word for it. No, no. Champion sounds better. Champion these ideas. Right. You know, and Um, you are very good at, you know, like I need someone to say like, hey, I'm going to keep us on track and keep working on this. Or it's nice because I can say to you, hey, we have these three tasks. I don't feel comfortable trying to do this one. Can you just do this one? And you're like, yeah, sure. No problem. You do the other ones. And then, you know, that... It allows me to ignore the things I don't like about game design, which, you know, is pretty great. Not ignore them, but basically be able to come into them when there's something rather than having to have the idea, you know, and fully develop it on your own. It's just, it's nice to have someone that's got different strengths with that. So, yeah. That's what, that's what I love about understanding like that archetype, right? Like just, just knowing that I am like that I champion things, it, it enables me to do a bunch of stuff that I might not feel comfortable with otherwise, or it might give me anxiety otherwise. Like I just, I, I know who I am and that, that helps a lot in terms of what decisions I make, and what actions I take. Yeah. <clears throat> like when, like when I say to you, Hey, this person might want us to work on a game that's something like this. And then like an hour later, you're like, I wrote all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, Holy <laughs> crap, Neil, way to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I like I like doing the stuff that I'm good at. Yes, well, it's it's of course we should be excited and happy when we get to do the stuff that we like doing. Um, I do think you can be good at things you don't like doing. You know, like every assassin movie you've ever seen. Um, you know, so. But no, I mean, I, I certainly have felt that. I mean, I know in my previous job, like I was good at what I was doing, but I didn't I didn't enjoy a lot of it, and that was because it wasn't what I liked doing. It just because of the skill set I had, I happened to also be good at that thing. You know. Um, So I think it is balancing that aspect of, hey, I'm good at this thing, but is that what I like doing? And a lot of times I think it is because you develop that skill. Um, It's just being good at one thing can also kind of make you good at, you know, things that are um, uh, close to it, you know, closely related to it that aren't the thing you like doing. Agreed. 
I, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a whole lot to add to this gentleman. I, I'm, um, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I'm just thinking I'm trying to take it all in. It's probably time to pitch a game anyways. So okay. Rob can continue to take it in while we pitch a game. Well, sure. while Neil pitches our game. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have you tell the, the, first, uh, the first bit of the story until we get to Grand Con. Like where I originally showed the game off and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I originally took the game to Gen Con and played it with a few people. Um, and it went from a themeless game to a game about nesting dolls. Uh, which everyone hated, um, like just hated, even though like thematically for what you were doing, it actually made a whole lot of sense. Like, but it was a terrible theme. It was really stupid. Yeah, it and I, was. I, you should really be embarrassed that you even never suggested it. <laughs> well, in I fact, was, why on earth you even design games, man? I mean, cause really, yeah. yeah oh wait, yeah. you didn't ask for my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, callback. Yeah. It wasn't even Jason's idea, was it? <laughs> no, it was actually. Uh, um, I won't say who they were since everyone crapped in the idea, but uh, it was. Uh, it was a friend of ours who we see at Gen Con, and uh, and I liked the idea because thematically, like the theme justified the mechanics, right? Um, so I, I enjoyed that. But then the issue, you know, came up was it just didn't resonate with people, and that's important. That's real important. So then, and, and I didn't want to make the game just like this is the OCD game. I was, I was frankly kind of afraid to do that at that point, um, even though I was kind of hoping that it would empower me to do that. Um, at first, I don't know that it did. Uh, so then, after that, uh, I went to Grand Con, um, and before you even played it, we saw a game there called Babushka. Uh, which was the nesting dolls. So I was like, okay, well, that theme is out. And I think Neil was like, good. Um, <laughs> and so were several other people. Uh, and then from there, uh, we played it at Grand Con a couple times, right? Uh, yeah. We, I think we played it downstairs and upstairs. Right, right. And I, I mean, legit, like I liked the core of the game, but there was a couple things that just did not work at all. And Neil looked at the game and said, fix these three things and you fix the game. It turns out that there was a bunch more we could fix after we fixed those. But that was the spark that we needed to find the right way to move forward. So, all right, your turn. Yeah, so I think the... I mean, we had some ideas at, 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 at Grand Con that were, that were good. I mean, I think we, we kind of uh, came up with the idea of um, escalating... Uh, rules there, yeah. or at least something close to that. Um, what really uh, happened though is when we, uh, I don't remember how we started talking about like maybe working on it together. I think it was, we kind of talked about it a little bit at Grand Con and then you mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast. Um, but there is, there's an illustrator um, and we haven't talked to her yet. So I don't think we're going to say uh, who she is. Um, but she had a series about, uh, kind of what OCD is, um, and specifically like the the compulsion aversion cycles of OCD, uh, and it the game really lends itself to uh, to that, uh, and that's where uh, I took a lot of that. I did a lot of research. Like part of the way that um, Jason and I have been working together is that I'll generally try to formalize what we've been thinking into some sort of framework for it, right? Uh, and in this case, I, I went through and I looked at the uh, kind of formal um, definitions of, of different uh, compulsions and aversions, uh, and and try to say like which one which ones I think would be kind of applicable to the, to this game. Um, and we started uh, basically we started uh, working with the game with just 
uh, I think two of the cards. Does that sound right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Two of the levels. Yeah. So we just went through, I, I put it in uh, tabletop simulator and we played like two levels and we were like, well, this, this feels pretty good. And we did some rules tweaking and stuff like that. Uh, and then we created like a third level the next week. Um, and, and so the idea that we uh, got to is that um, you're trying to create a set of uh, cards in descending sequential order. Uh, we have to have six of them uh, just as long as they're in sequential order. Uh, and you're working with three decks and there's some rules about how you can move them around and how you can draw them and stuff like that. But that uh, as you create a column that gets longer and longer, you start adding a series of rules that escalate uh, to that alongside it. So that if you move a card and you're now three cards deep, you now have three rules. Like you put the level three rule. And if you move one of the cards back off, now you only have two levels of rules and you can flip the level three rule back over. And now you only have two levels of rules. So we, uh, we had like added the third rule and it was fine. And then we added the fourth rule and it was fine. It seemed to be playing well. Uh, and I was, uh, I was unhappy with it. Uh, and I was like, we just, just get rid of the third rule and just the fourth rule is the third rule. And Jason's like, okay, <laughs> but it was a good I, call. I agree about it. It was a good call. And like that, once we did that, I think everything worked out from there. We did, uh, the next couple levels, uh, Jason and I argued about the, the last level card yep. and then we played it a couple times and then Jason was like, Oh no, this makes sense. Well, and what was great about that was so we had different the first time when the the cards the levels the with the rules that you must follow get more and more restrictive and they're personalized to you they're alike in that you know the theme is the same like the first level rule everyone has they can't draw from one of the four colored decks like they just can't take cards from that deck which is a problem because a lot of times the card you need is in that deck and there's ways to get around it but it's a pain um and so everybody has their own unique rules um and the issue when we get to the fifth rule it's so restrictive that I actually I mean, I said to Neil, like, this will never work. Like, I was actually angry about it. it uh, yeah, I was like, this is, this is just stupid. Like, and like, I get done talking and then I'm like, all right, well, let's just try it. You're, I think you said, let's just, let's just try it. Yeah. And we'll talk about your idea afterwards. And, and we tried it. And then I was like, oh, this isn't actually, I won like two turns later. I'm like, this isn't so hard. And he's like, he's like, that reaction you had is perfect. He's like, that's what we want them to feel like when they see this card and think, how am I ever going to win? And then realize oh, wait, I can just do these things. And I know you played the game, Rob, and you and Christine both had that same yeah. feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we played it. It's been uh, it's been a couple of months now, I think, since we played it. But I, yeah. and, and I and I did. And I it, it, at first it felt like, it, you know, well, I, you know, I just can't draw from that one deck. That's not a big deal. Who cares? Um, but yeah, as those rules get piled on, it starts to feel really restrictive and really frustrating in a way. Like, it's like, I just want it. The card's right there. I want to take it, but these stupid rules won't let me. But what we realized um, upon completion of the game and reflecting on it, we realized that in the end, after we got that last rule out there, that it was almost comforting in a way, weird way yeah. yep. to, to say, oh, well, you know, what was previously a, a huge, huge array of choices, almost overwhelming number of choices, and I don't know what to do. And, and then you got to that end, end there and you're like, oh, well, wait a minute. I don't have a thousand choices. Yeah. I have like two. Right. And I just, and I, so I don't have to think about all the possible permutations of how to win. I've only got two options out there. So it's easier for me to, to figure out, you know, which, or, or to, to make a decision about which one is the better strategy. Not that there's going to be an obvious strategy every time. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. But, but it was, it was almost, it almost ended up feeling more safe in the end right. to have, have that last rule 
stacked in there because because then you knew what all your variables were right and that was that was kind of cool it was it was a weird revelation to have once the game was over no and i that was neil and i think's favorite feedback it's kind of neil just one second i'll let you go i the um uh what i like about it so much is it's the opposite like a lot of times people will give you secret goal cards, right? Mm-hmm. At the beginning of a game, right? Because you get secret goal cards and it tells you what you should be doing to differentiate yourself from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And this game is the opposite. It imposes yeah. rules on you until you figure out, oh, wait, I should be doing this uh, right. because that's that's my thing and no one else is going to have that same problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry, Neil, go ahead. I think... I say I think the thing that Rob added as well is that we um, we made it so you have to you have to read your rules every single uh, time that you you right. uh, it's your turn or or when you draw a new card. Right. So yeah, the rules every turn you'll have to say like I cannot draw. And Neil actually had a great idea. It used to be you cannot draw from the red deck. You cannot do this. You must do this. And and Neil changed it to where it was I statements, which mm. which fit really well because. Yeah. I cannot draw from the red tech. I must do this when I when I draw three whenever available. And really, that helps you internalize it, right? And that was your goal, Neil, was to really get them to internalize the rules. Um, because just functionally as a game design, the biggest concern with that game was that people might get confused and forget the rules. Mm-hmm. And we were seeing that in the beginning. And then changing it to the eye, making them read it, really helped them figure it out. So, yeah. And there's a couple things from there that kind of really drove kind of the the last, you know, 1% of the design, which is that um, there's a solitaire game you like. I don't remember what it's called that you played on your phone. Solitarica. Solitarica. That you, you were talking about that. And I'm like, oh, man, this game is solitaire. Like this right. game is a solitaire variant. Yep. Uh, and then that really helped drive a lot of those those final choices. Right. Uh, and then even I think Rob's feedback about just getting people to read it. I think that that changed a lot of the way that we thought about some of it where uh, we want people to feel a relationship to the numbers. And like we have, you know, we have some suits on the cards the, the like the numbers, the suits and the colors of the cards. We want people to feel things when a card is drawn and like when a new card appears. Right. Like, right. Um, we have a card where there's a certain combination of things that that uh, it takes you twice as long to do them than other cards. And it's like, when you see those come out, I would say it's a big combination. Like most of the time, your actions will fall into that category. Yep. It's like 33%. Um, but it's like one of the things where like, you see that suit and you're like, oh, I hate that suit. Right. Like, you know, or, uh, that, that number is terrible. Like, you know, or, or you're, you're like longing to see a certain card, like uh, kind of the, the way that you win the game is there's only a few cards that let you do what you need to do to win. And like, you see that card and just like, you feel this affection for, a number and a color and a suit. Right. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, you know, that's what we're trying to kind of convey with this. Right. Is, is that OCD is about like, uh, assigning all of these, um, feelings, both good and bad to things that are mostly, uh, arbitrary, right? Like it, it's right. colors and numbers and, uh, worries about germs and, and a lot of different things that, um, you can't help feeling, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's um, because of that, the numbers are actually perfect because they are inconsequential. Yeah, the numbers in the suits are inconsequential, yet you feel a connection to them, which is perfect yeah. because, yeah, I mean, we could make it like people on the cards or something, but that kind of does a disservice to the fact that, you know, 
OCD is not that doesn't have to be that specific. It can be more generalized and still be tough. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at where, you know, we want we want the game to have elements of teaching what OCD is, teaching that it's we want people to feel bad or good about seeing colors and numbers and shapes. And uh, I don't know if we said it on this episode or not. The name of the game is Compulsed. Um, Compulsed. And we did, we have sent it out to one publisher to take a look at. Um, so we're just hoping to hear back from them. That was going to so, be my next question. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, we're going to try and set up meetings for Origins for sure. If this, uh, either to show this publisher or show this publisher and others, we've got a list of some publishers. We, because the, what's important to us is that they don't say, this is a great game. Let's change the theme. Um, because, you know, that it just, it just, it's disingenuous, right? I mean, we want the game to be about this. Um, and certainly this, this artist who we didn't mention, we would be telling the publisher like, Hey, you should talk to this artist because Hey, you could have an OCD designer and an OCD artist, right? Like how cool is that? And I've even, I, I've play tested it a number of times. And when I told people what it was about, uh, the experience was a lot different when I didn't, right? Like I told people, I'm just playing a card game and, and seeing how they reacted to it. The people that, uh, knew what it was about, uh, had better experiences with it because the game's meant to be frustrating, right? Uh, and it's hard to uh, tell people that you're going to be playing a frustrating game uh, unless they know what it's about. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, because if you don't know about the OCD portion, the theme is not justifying the mechanics at all. I mean, yeah. you know. it's Yeah, it's hard to come up with a theme that, that makes that make sense other than right. just making what it's about. Right. All right. So are you guys done with it? Or are you still iterating? Or what, where, where are you in the design process? I know you said you you are ready to pitch and have already sent right. it out. But. Um, I'd say we're kind of on hold with it right now. We're not making any real changes simply because um, we want to see what the publishers say about it. Sure. Um, we're really hopeful with this first one that they'll get it. We, 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 we specifically are targeting publishers that we think will, quote, get it. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, wow, this is, yes, I want to make a game that talks about these issues. Um. Yeah, so because there's some some companies where this just wouldn't be their thing, you know, and that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to find the ones that are. So we've got a few listed, and um, like I said, we only sent it to one so far. Um, kind of have like a first choice, right? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. always. This is the publisher I'd love to get it to first, and then go from there. Um, well, yeah, they're they're publishers that make games about this stuff, and we'd like for them to have first stab at it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. So yeah, yeah. So, well, I I did genuinely enjoy playing it, and again, it, it was that feeling that I was frustrated while playing it, and then when it was when it was over, and kind of kind of, I realized in the end, not not just I mean, of course, I knew what, the, what it was thematically in advance, but um, yeah. understanding then you know what your intentions were, I, and I, I, mean, I want to make sure I'm I'm being. I'm saying this the right way. I knew what your intentions were in before playing it. And I, w- while playing it, I was not convinced that that's what I was feeling. I was just frustrated. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yeah. getting to the end and realizing, like, oh no, this actually, <laughs> yeah. no, that actually was it actually worked the way they wanted it to. And I felt the things they wanted me to. Right. I, right. I, I found that really, really um, satisfying. Mm-hmm. I think that, that like that aha moment that, that I guess we've talked about in like all of our play tests, where you go from being frustrated to, to saying like, oh, I see how I can work around this stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that, that was an important part of the design as well. Like we want, 
we want to show like, you know, th- this stuff, there are a lot of people that are able to, to maintain a life with OCD, but like, this is how they live, <laughs> right? Like it, it's, it's workarounds it, and it, it is like uh, moments of clarity within, uh, you know, a, a lot of moments where there aren't. Right. Yep. For sure. Right on. I think that's going to take us to the end of our time here today, though. Yes, yes. Uh, Neil, do you have anything you want to plug outside of this game? Someone buy this game. Uh, I don't think so. No? Yeah. Um, play my games at, at Origins, I guess. Yeah, play Neil's games at Origins. If you're going to Origins. And hey, yeah. you know what? You should go to Origins. Yeah, go to Origins. If play the games. And then uh, go to get coffee at uh, North Star Cafe in Short North in Columbus. All right. There you go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do that too. Fantabulous. I'm assuming you know the people that own that. No, it's just, they, it's got, uh, they sell counterculture coffee. They have three single origin coffees. All you can drink, uh, self-serve. I don't know what, what counterculture coffee is. It's counter to the normal culture, Rob. Clearly. I should have known. Joshua, Josh Mills and I talked about it because he lives nearby there. Their, uh, roastery. Okay. So you're not going to tell us what counterculture coffee is? I think we should just tell everyone to ask Josh Mills what it is. Okay, because I like that. Hearing Josh Mills explain stuff is one of the best things ever. It's just a good coffee company. They, sell, they make good coffee. Oh, that's just the name of the company is Counterculture Coffee? Yep, Counterculture Coffee. Oh, Rob was thinking you were you were like saying like, this is Counterculture mm-hmm. Coffee. Like, yeah. Like that was like a thing. No, like, like fair trade coffee, but now it's Counterculture Coffee. Yeah, I think that's where I'm There's like three plays and words on it. It's like a counter, like at a coffee shop. Uh huh. The culture of being at a counter is counterculture. Counterculture. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, they're they're like they're like rebelling against the man. Like, what what are you against? What do you got? Kind of kind of yeah, counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, they're coffee. So counterculture coffee makes sense too. <sighs> I can't uh, resist. I'm sorry. I'm already tired of this. Probably <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Neil on Twitter is at potted meat. Normally we ask sure. the guests because we might get it wrong, but I know what yours is for sure. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Hey Neil, thanks for hanging out then. Uh, um, and uh, builders, thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can call our Google voicemail at seven seven zero tell BTG. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at podcast BTG. Jason is at J A Slingerland. I am at poorly underscore design. Neil is at potted meat. Uh, you can uh, send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Our website is buildingthegamepodcast.com, where we will have show notes for this episode. Jason, I'll be reminding you. Yes, in, you always do. In those show notes, you're going to include a link to your blog post and a link to that TED Talk video that Neil talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Neil, yeah. you're going to want to send me that. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, buy our games. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, Fallen Treasures is uh, shipping out now to uh, I got to it. backers. Yeah, and, and hopefully... Yeah, all right. Thank you, guys. Looks great. It does look really good. I was really impressed. Um, so uh, if, uh, if you backed it, you should have it soon. Uh, if you're in the U.S., you probably already have it. If you're overseas, uh, I expect you'll have it soon. So that's very exciting. Um, any news on uh, Into the Black Forest? Uh, no, it's uh, in production. Yeah, so, okay. All right. yeah, yeah, okay. So, Good. Uh, I know a tentative release date, but I'm probably not allowed to share it. So okay. I'm going to. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess that's going to be enough for us. So cool. there we go. Good night. Good night.
Watch out! Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.